You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Is your child struggling with a specific subject or need help with homework? Are they asking questions that you're not sure you can fully answer? IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed. This program will improve your kids' grades. Studies done in almost every state in the country. The kids who had IXL are consistently doing better. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or personality. And it doesn't have to eat up all your time. One subscription gets you everything for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. So don't miss out. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com audio. Visit IXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. Sal Capaccio, Matt Bove. It's always game day in Buffalo. Check out the Odyssey Draft Show. I'll be joining Jason Lacanfora and Brian Baldinger Thursday night. The draft show starts at 7 on the Odyssey app and across all Odyssey platforms. They're going to be talking about all the draft picks, bringing people on from different markets when the picks are made. I'm going to join them, Matt, after the Bills pick is made. You're going to be on WKBW-TV in Buffalo breaking it all down as well. Yeah, this is a fun draft. Like, this is one of the funnest nights of the year for me. And like you said, it's chaotic, but I love that. It's also a lot of sitting around and doing nothing until it becomes chaotic. Mm -hmm. We're sitting there with a group of, I don't know, 40 of us watching the draft in the Bills media room. And, you know, it could be pick 20 and we're minding our business and we're going up to get some pizza at the counter or we're sitting there having a cup of coffee. And then all of a sudden the Bills logo could be on the TV and they could be on the clock. And then you're scrambling like, you know, a chicken with its head cut off. So, yeah, it's going to be fun. We've got a draft special at 730. And actually, one of the people joining us on the draft special is Howard Simon. All right. Yes. So we're excited about Howard being there. So it'll be fun. The coverage starts at seven 30 and the actual draft is on channel seven. So it'll be a busy day for us, but a good day for us. No doubt. And by the way, shout out to Bill's PR. They always take care of us as far as food is concerned. Oh, it's the best spread, the best spread of the year. And no doubt about it. So just a little, if you're listening to this Bill's PR, we're, we're expecting it. We're, we're, we're needling you to make sure that you stay, you keep up that high standard you've set over the years. Remember the year with the ice cream machine. You remember that? Ice cream machine. Yes. Yes. Well, I like, do. It wasn't an ice cream machine. It was just like a standing freezer yes, that was right, filled right, right. with oh, every yeah, yeah. potential like, option of ice cream. We, Not weren't, like soft, it, yeah. we weren't like it, over at Dairy Queen pouring the, the, you know, twirling it. I, I, we have both been to a lot of stadiums for what we do. Bills, it's top notch as far as the food spread is concerned for games, the practice weeks, and then the draft. Usually, not to make people jealous listening to this, but usually there's a meal on Thursday, there's a meal on Friday, there's a meal on Saturday. So I think last year it was like barbecue, then it was like pizza and wings, then it was like subs and wraps and salads and stuff. So thanks, guys. We appreciate it. All right, and of course, um, WGR, we're going to have full local coverage uh, all day, all night, Thursday night, all night, Friday night, and all day Saturday, and I'll be hopping on there as well throughout all those time periods. All right, the Bills pick number 27. I'm going to read to you some odds that have come out as of Wednesday morning on the Bill's possible first round pick. Okay. Right. This like is this. from now I get 
there's a lot of different sites that do this. This is the specific one I got most recently. I'm going to use it's from bookies.com Adam uh, odds maker, Adam Thompson. So there's a lot of these, but this is where this one comes from. Let me ask you to do this. Let me ask you to do this. How many guys are listed for the bills? Um, the ones that you can actually bet on the odds here are one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, seven, and then the field. Okay. All right. I just wanted right. to know how many names we're going to be around. Seven and then the field. These are the top seven okay. that are in this. Okay. The number one odds at plus 450 guard Cyrus O'Torrance. Oh, I'm sorry. Osiris Torrance from mm-hmm. Florida. How's that hit you? Meh. If they do it, I'm not going to hate it, but. A guard isn't necessarily something that makes me think, oh, wow, this team got significantly. Because I think that I think they're kind of set, at least for right now, at that position. That's like a long term. This guy starts for us next year. Not this guy starts for us right away. I don't think this is happening. I I mean, if I'm setting these odds, I'm not putting a guard up near the top. They just Mm -hmm. signed Connor McGovern. They just signed David Edwards. They have Ryan Bates. They have a whole bunch of veteran interior players. This is not a team that I think is going to go out and find a guard in the first round and plug and play. They need guys who can start. So I don't see it happening. I I, I don't like those odds for him. I would not bet that. I think that's pr- uh, poor value. Number two on the list, tight end Dalton Kincaid from Utah. Wow. Okay. At a plus 500. How would you feel about that one? I think I would be pretty okay I, I with that. I wouldn't mind. I mean, they, he's not – he's he's Mike Gusecki, basically. And that's yeah. great, right? But you're not going to get much blocking out of him. And I think the Bills want maybe a little bit more there, but that's okay. I'll say this about Dalton Kincaid. Wouldn't hate it because I'm going to put myself in the Bill's shoes where they would probably feel, because they feel this about the organization, and generally they're right about this, they'll coach guys up, they'll get them in their strength program, they'll put weight on them, he'll be able to grow as a blocker as he starts off as a pass catcher and then gets more well into a well-rounded game. Yeah, I think so too. I think you would have to trust the coaching staff if you made a pick like that, but obviously the front office is going to trust the coaching staff. It would be another weapon for the offense, and that's mm-hmm. what I've been asking for all along, a weapon for the offense. So, you know, beggars can't be choosers. I can't be sitting here saying it's wide receiver or bust. It could be a wide receiver. It could be a tight end. Heck, it could even be a running back. I don't think it's going to be, but, you know, I'm not going to say the world, you know, the sky is falling if it's Bijan Robinson. All right, so the ne- – no, no um- – well, well, we'll get to him in a second if it's Bijan. He's on this list, actually, but he's below the next two guys. The next two guys are both wide receivers. So the wide receiver train, as Jeremy White likes to drive it basically in WGR, if you want to call it that, it's been going on for quite a while. You know, I started high on wide receiver. I went off wide receiver for a while. I think I'm back on wide receiver a lot more lately because I think I see a lot of the movement of wide receivers. And now I'm thinking, wait a minute, could this guy be there? So next up, third on these odds, actually tied for second with Dalton Kincaid, is Zay Flowers, and then yeah. right after that, believe it or not, Jackson Smith and Jigba. Is wow. it possible he gets to 27? I just don't think so. What do you think about that possibility, and what would you think about Zay Flowers at 27? Are the odds based off the 27th pick, or are the odds based off who the Bills are picking first? Does it specify? Ooh, it just says Bills first-round pick odds, so I guess that means they could trade, and then, because if they draft, if you bet on the player, and they trade yes. it up, and they took him, you would win. Exactly. So that's why, for me, maybe... Vegas or those odds makers think that there's a chance that Bills hop up 10 spots or whatever it might take to get Jackson Smith and Jigba. That would be for me, the best player the Bills could add in this draft. The caveat being, I do not want them to give up a future first round pick. I think that is a non-starter. I do not think that player is worth two first round picks. 
but I think he's worth a first and a third if that's what it costs you to ultimately move up and get somebody who could come in and immediately immediately make an impact. We were talking about Josh Downs. He's a player I really, really like in this draft for them because after prime Cole Beasley left, they just didn't get enough production from the slot, and I think he could immediately step in and kind of fill in that role. But Smith and Jigba can do a little bit of everything. So that's why you're not just getting an immediate impact. You're also getting somebody who can run a bigger route tree, who can make a difference on this team for years and years and years. I mean, he would be fabulous to add. I just don't see it happening. I don't think the Bills are going to trade up to grab him, but maybe because of what Brandon Bean said about the lack of first-round grades, maybe they see the value, he starts falling, and they can get to a spot where they can do that without giving up that first-round pick. I, I don't see him giving up next year's first in any scenario, even especially after what he talked about. And he kind of said that that's usually something he's not going to do, but you never know. As far as Zay Flowers is concerned, I am absolutely totally fine with the Bills selecting Zay Flowers if they stay at 27. I don't want him to trade up for him. Mm-hmm. They can go down. I don't know if he'll be there. I think that would be proper value for Zay Flowers and the Buffalo Bills. Yeah, he's a name. Him and Jordan Addison are yep. the names that I feel like are always flip-flopped of who people have higher, who people have lower, who they think could make an immediate impact. Zay Flowers is not the biggest guy by any stretch, but he makes plays. You know, we've done prospect profiles on a bunch of players leading up to the draft, and we've aired one of them every single night. And a lot of the schools will ask them for video of their players. So we asked Boston College for Zay Flowers video, and you watch it, and the guy's just a playmaker. He just is electric on the field. And I think those are the kind of people the Bills need. So you're going to sense a theme here. I, I still, I don't to reiterate, weapons for the offense. There is almost nothing that they could do if they took one of those positions where I would be mad. Uh, or I, Yeah, exactly. All right, well, speaking of weapons for the offense, the guy you mentioned a little while ago, Next up on the list, by the way, Jackson Smith and Jigba just below uh, Kincaid and Flowers. He's at plus 550. He's tied with Bijan Robinson at plus 550. And then you have a dip. You go to Darnell Washington, the tight end of Georgia, and Jameer Gibbs, the running back out of Alabama, both, both at plus 750. So how do any of them hit you? They better not take Jameer Gibbs in the first round. Like, nothing wrong with the player, but... If you're going to take a first-round running back, it's got to be B. John Robinson. After that, if you love Jameer Gibbs, what if you take traded him. back and then you? Yeah, I was going to say Jameer if Gibbs you love Jameer, if you love Jameer Gibbs, trade back to forty and take him at forty, but don't take him at twenty-seven. I just don't see the Bills taking. I just don't see the Bills taking a running back. I just don't. I don't think it's something that they're interested in. I think that the way they structured their team, you have. Um, James Cook, you obviously have Damian Harris, so I just don't see it happening. But I know that everybody else wants it to happen. It's, everybody else has been wanting it to happen for like three years. Well, where there's smoke, there's fire. You have to wonder. Do you believe why that? Is- why have the Bills been tied to these running backs for three years? Is it because there's smoke, or is it because people just think the Bills need to add a running back? I don't know the answer to that, and I don't know if we'll ever know the answer to that unless they draft a first-round running back, and then that'll make it pretty obvious. that they. But – They've spent big time resources on running backs. I mean, James Cook was a second round pick. Zach Moss was a third round pick. Tevin Singletary was a third round pick. So they've been looking for a running back for a while now. I really like Damian Harris, but I don't think adding Damian Harris on a one year contract means that you are completely out on the running back class in the draft. I don't think those are like, like the perfect example is with Osiris Torrance. Connor McGovern to me, makes that feel like it's not going to happen. But Damian Harris does not make it feel like to me that running back is off the table. So that's just, I, I don't, I don't, if, if it's Bijan Robinson, I have a really hard time complaining 
about getting somebody who is supposed to be this incredible prospect late in the first round to start for you for five years. But Jameer Gibbs feels like a stretch. A guy I've really liked through this process. I still do for the Bills. I'd lo- Not at 27 necessarily, but Darnell Washington's on this list. And I do think Darnell Washington has to be considered here as a possible Buffalo Bills pick. Well, freak athlete. And that's what everybody yep. is saying about Darnell Washington. All of his numbers, all of his scores from the combine are just off of the charts. But is Michael Mayer on this list? He's he not. not I mean, there's now you have the field, right? So I'm sure he would be on there. Jack Campbell's not on there. Drew Sanders isn't on there. Um, who else am I not? Jordan Edison, as you said, isn't yeah. on there. Um, so let's talk about those guys that we don't see on this list. Michael Mayer's not on there. You think he could be there at 27? The word is he's not getting past the Cowboys at 26. Yeah, that's what I've heard and seen and read from a lot of different people. But if you love him, what's to say you won't move up a pick or two? Like, it's not like moving up a pick, almost like the Kyrie Elam pick last year, where you move up a couple picks to get your guy. I don't really think anybody is complaining. If you think that that person could be a big time difference maker, I was having a conversation with somebody last week who's a big Notre Dame football fan. And they were just saying that Michael Mayer is a football player. He immediately comes onto your team and makes you better blocking, catching, running routes. He can do everything. So I've warmed up to that idea. If I've warmed up to the idea about tight end in general, this goes back to a podcast we had months ago where you said you thought tight end was more likely than running back. And I was pretty adamant that I disagreed. I very much agree. Now I think tight end is certainly more in play than running back is. I won't hate running back, but there's just a lot of guys who could make sense in the first round with Kincaid, with Mayer, with Washington. Like there, there's a lot of names out there. All right. And then let's just stick on wide receiver before we move on here for a minute, because a lot of, there's a lot of polarization of Gabe Davis. And I think this matters here. Right. And yeah. I wrote a article at WGR 550.com about Gabe Davis. He's a polarizing player to the fan base because he has a high drop rate. But if you really look at the nuances and a lot of things that go in that into that, he's asked to do more than, anything he has the highest average depth of target in the league basically so it's going to be that he's going to have tougher catches to make all the time you further you go down the field he's also been one of the most productive wide receivers drafted fourth round or later in NFL history essentially with some of his production with touchdowns he just broke Tyree Kill's record for that but over the last three years he has by far and outweighed his particular draft spot and draft uh for, for where he was fourth round or later of anybody else at wide receiver um, over the last three years. So I guess what I'm saying to you is this is a guy that even though there's a lot of people who say, Hey, the drops, you know, maybe you want to move on, get a rookie deal in here. Be careful what you wish for. If Gabe Davis isn't on this team, where are you at wide receiver? So does Brandon Bean take a look? And by the way, obviously Davis is going to the last year of his contract. Does Brandon Bean say, I need to keep Dave, Gabe Davis around. And then does that affect the draft or does he draft someone and then say, maybe I don't need to keep Davis anymore because I have somebody on a rookie deal. I think Gabe Davis is a really good player. And I went and did a story with Gabe Davis last year before the draft, just about what he does to prepare and how many balls he catches in his driveway with his trainer every single day. Like this guy wants, this guy wants it really, really bad. And also Gabe Davis is the best blocker on the bills. As far as their wide receivers are concerned, Mm -hmm. like he makes a difference when he's out on the field, there have been some drops that I'm sure he would want back, but from all of the points that you made, where he was drafted, what he's been asked to do, the impact he's made on this team. You can think back to some games. They don't win 
games without Gabe Davis. They don't win the Colts wildcard game without the massive plays that Gabe Davis made on the sideline. They might not win the game against Miami early in the season against Ryan Fitzpatrick, where he makes that great catch on third down in the end zone to give the Bills the lead after they had fallen behind. That was the game where the power went out, and Stephon Diggs got his first touchdown in that game as a Bill. So that was in 2020. There's a lot of games where he has made difference-making plays. Of course, Kansas City, they lose that game. But come on, look what he did there. So for me, wide receiver in the first round is about two things. It's about one, taking some work off of Stefan Diggs and Gabe Davis. And two, giving yourself an insurance policy because Gabe Davis is going to get paid big time dollars by somebody, whether that's the Bills or somebody else. He would have been the number one wide receiver in free agency this past year. I firmly believe that. I think somebody would have paid him more than Jacoby Myers, more Mm -hmm. than Juju Smith-Schuster, based off of his age and his production. So that's why I still think wide receiver in the first round makes sense because by also doing that, you make Gabe Davis and Stefan Diggs better. So, you know, know, uh, it checks a lot of boxes. Bean said he'll get to the, you know, extension stuff after the draft, after he sees where his roster's at and not with just Gabe, but other people too, and where they have to look longer term. I just don't think it has to be an either or proposition. You can draft a wide receiver on day one, day two, and still extend Gabe because Mm -hmm. if not, you might be sitting there. What if that guy doesn't work out? Or even if Stephon Diggs in a year or two, just, you know, lose a step or two and he's making big money anyway. And where are you at wide receiver again? You got other guys on one-year deals. So I don't think it has to be either or, but check it out. Matt did his story last year. I have a piece up at WGR550.com on Gabe Davis. And by the way, great job from um, the guys that cover one, Eric Turner specifically. A lot of good analytics data that I included in my story that they put out there um, that I wanted to share. So they did a really good job. I wanted to recognize them. All right. Yeah. What about – go ahead. No, I was just going to say, and you could make the argument that drafting a first-round wide receiver – is more reason to give Gabe Davis a new contract because their contract, we don't know how long the contract would be, but if you had it so they were structured almost concurrently, you would have a cost-controlled player on one contract. You would give Gabe Davis on another contract, and maybe there was only a year or two overlap where you had to figure out how to make the money work. But like Gabe Davis is going to get paid by somebody. He's been a really productive player for you. It's a risk going into the season and seeing what he does on the last year of his contract because if he has a year like he did Two years ago, he is going to get an astronomical amount of money from some team. And Oliver also going into the last year of his deal. So was Tyler Bass. The Bills actually re-signed him, though, recently to a four-year extension. All right, what about adding a wide receiver who's already on another team? 